Welcome to this mini episode of The Balance. My name is Dr. Catlin Tucker, and this episode is focused on feedback, collecting feedback from students and potentially giving our students feedback at this midpoint in the school year, right? So at this point, we've had time to establish our classroom routines, hopefully nurture our relationships with students, and design and facilitate entire units of study. So students have a pretty good feel for our class and the kinds of learning activities they can expect. And it's the perfect time to ask them for feedback, right? We still have almost half of a year to go and employing a simple feedback strategy can help us to quickly take the temperature of the class, find out are there things that we might need to re-examine or even reimagine to ensure that the rest of the school year is as productive and positive as possible. So the feedback strategy I wrote about in my blog that I wanted to share on the podcast is something called Keep Start stop. And I heard about this from a friend of mine who manages a team of designers, and he uses this strategy with his designers in one-on-one kind of meetings once or twice a year, where both he and the person he's meeting with come to the meeting with this feedback in hand. So the idea with the keep is, what are they enjoying? What's kind of working well? So the question you might ask your students or the questions are, what would you like me to keep doing because you're enjoying it, you're finding it valuable, or it just really works well for you? What would you like me to continue doing in terms of my interactions with you as students, my approach to our lessons, or even specific learning activities that we're using regularly, want to know like what are kids finding valuable and enjoying that we keep doing? The second is start. So is there something we're not currently doing in class that students might enjoy trying because they did it in another class and really enjoyed it and found it valuable? So the kinds of questions we might ask here to prompt their thinking Is there something you wish we would do in our class that we're not currently doing? Is there something you did or do in another class that you would like us to try in this class? Is there something that worked for you in the past? It could be a routine strategy activity that you would like to be doing in this class. And then the final one, definitely the most challenging for us as teachers in terms of getting this feedback, is the stop prompt. So what might be happening in class that isn't working for students? They're not enjoying, they're finding really um, challenging or frustrating, or they just don't feel like it's working for them. So the kinds of questions we might ask to prompt thinking around this final step in the feedback process is, what would you like to stop doing? Is there a routine, activity, or a way in which I interact with you as your teacher that you're not enjoying or you're struggling with? What isn't working well for you? And I know that getting that kind of feedback puts us as teachers in a fairly vulnerable position because we're going to hear things that aren't working for kids. And we do our very best to try to design learning experiences, create a learning environment where students feel really comfortable and safe engaging. And sometimes we might be doing things inadvertently that we don't even understand are challenging for students or rubbing our students the wrong way. And I personally would rather know about that so that I could adjust my interactions with learners or think deeply about what I'm developing for my classes um, and why I'm developing and if it's working. It's just a nice way to figure out is what we're doing from a design and facilitation side not landing in the way we intend for students. And just because students 
ask us to stop doing something does not mean that we are just going to stop doing it. For me, it's more a signal to kind of think about why isn't this working? Is there something we might try differently? Is there a scaffold, a support, a modification we might need to kind of be thinking of to make this run more smoothly for learners? So to give you an example, I remember early in my career, I would collect feedback in the form of a survey at the end of every semester. And my students almost unanimously told me basically that they would love to stop doing annotations with their reading every night. And despite getting pretty unanimous feedback that they did not enjoy this, they didn't want to do it, I was pretty immovable on the point of annotations. Annotations had worked well for me as a student all the way through um, getting my undergrad in English at UCLA. I relied on annotations to kind of interact with the text I was reading, to make sense of the text I was reading leave notes so I could return to them when I was doing writing assignments about those texts. So I just assumed it would be good for all students. And I think it was about three years into receiving student feedback every semester that was requesting to eliminate annotations in our class that I kind of begrudgingly realized I might need to reimagine this reading routine. So ultimately, what I had to do was check in with myself. Why did I want students to do annotations every night when they read? Well, I wanted them to think deeply about the text they were reading. I wanted them to actively engage with those texts. I wanted them to understand and retain the information. And if that was the goal, I had to acknowledge that there are other ways that they could go about actively reading and engaging with text. And so I decided to explore some different options and make a change to my very rigid annotation policy. So instead of simply providing one option for active reading, that traditional approach to annotations, I decided that I was going to spend a couple weeks onboarding my students to a few different options that they could choose from after they had practiced with each and had a chance to kind of experience each one to figure out what worked best for them. So I onboarded them to sketch notes. I onboarded them to dialogic journals, giving them a chance, like I said, a week or two to kind of play with the new strategy, see what they thought about it. I engaged them in a reflective practice about how it was going and what they liked and what was challenging. And then once I had onboarded them to three or four different active reading strategies, I created an active reading strategy choice board. And I told students, every night I want you to actively read, but you can choose the style in which you engage with the text. If you want to do traditional annotations, if you want to do sketch notes, and it's so interesting. They were still actively reading every single night, but the next round of feedback, only two out of my 172 students said that they wanted to stop reading, you know, having to do the active reading with the reading every night. And for me, that was a huge indication that it wasn't that students didn't value or want to actively read. They just didn't want to do it the one way I had told them they had to do it. And as soon as I gave them agency and meaningful choice, 
Then all of a sudden, the resistance to doing that each night kind of faded into the background. And I realized it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that they are not willing to do the work. It was just that I hadn't provided any flexibility in terms of their pathways. So if you like the idea of using this keep, start, stop method, I include in my blog, and I'll link to it in the show notes, just kind of a, a an approach to scaffolding, scaffolding the process that I think is really helpful. So often when we try something new like this with students, it's easy to skip over the process and just ask them to give us feedback. And then the feedback might be kind of shallow or not super specific, or it might not be very respectful or kind. And scaffolding the process is a really great way to help students, one, understand the purpose of this feedback. Why are we even asking for it? And what strong feedback looks like in this keep, start, stop format. So first, I encourage teachers always explain the why or the value proposition. When we ask students to do something, especially something new that might be out of their comfort zone, right? A lot of our kids might not have ever been asked for feedback by their teachers. And so I suggest beginning by being really explicit about why you're making time in class to collect student feedback. Let them know you're doing your best to try to interact with them in ways that are kind and respectful. We're working hard to design learning experiences that we hope will be enjoyable and beneficial. But we also acknowledge that their experiences in our classes are going to be really different, right? And we don't always know how they're responding to the things we're asking them to do. So I like to remind students that all of us are learning in a classroom. Even though we are the teacher in the room, it doesn't mean we stop learning, we stop growing, improving, and their feedback is a really powerful vehicle for us to continue improving our practice. So telling kids that kind and specific feedback is helpful for us as educators the same way that when we give feedback to them, we hope it will be helpful in guiding them as they work on an assignment, right? So really kind of making that connection about the value of feedback generally, but how important it is for us as educators in the same way it's important for them as learners. Second, I would model the process and or move them through an activity where they are kind of analyzing examples or um, exemplars, right? So the, the, it's important for students to have a sense of how do I go about communicating feedback in a way that is kind and respectful and substantive, especially when we're giving them this specific strategy to use. So we can either, you know, kind of model the process with a think aloud and maybe give feedback feedback to our principal about how we feel about staff meetings or maybe we have kids of our own at home and we want to we want to model this uh, keep start stop for the you know a child in terms of their helpfulness around the house right like I wouldn't mind modeling this using my own kids as an example just so my students can kind of hear my thinking as I'm giving feedback to my children about again how helpful they are around the house 
You can also provide some examples of keep, start, stop feedback at various levels of quality, kindness, specificity. And this is a great, if you're thinking, well, I've never done this before. I don't have any examples. This is a great opportunity to lean on uh, artificial intelligence and maybe have a chat GPT help spit out some examples that you can share with students to facilitate this analysis and conversation. And so you can break students into groups. You can give them some examples and ask them to think critically, engage in conversation. What do they think are examples from these different versions of strong feedback? What feedback do they think is going to be most effective in creating meaningful change? And what feedback is kind of shallow or too general or maybe overly negative and probably isn't going to have a big impact? Because ultimately what we want them to realize is their voice matters, but it also matters how they present their ideas and their feedback, right? If it's not specific, if it's super negative, it's unlikely to get us to really think about our practice and what's working and what we might change. Third, I would provide support for students getting started. Um, Again, some students might be pretty unfamiliar with giving a teacher feedback. And so giving them some sentence starters to help them begin their responses can be incredibly helpful as well. So I put together a template for teachers in Google Slides that has just a basic keep, start, stop kind of format in place. If you want to copy and use it, I will put that right in the show notes as well. I also also have an elementary version and a secondary version where I've included sentence starters for each of the, the different kinds of responses, keep, start, and stop, just to help elementary students and then secondary students begin articulating their ideas in case that would be helpful for your students. But I really encourage teachers not to fear feedback, but embrace feedback, model the value of feedback, because when we proactively seek input from our students, we can begin to use use that input to tailor our instruction to better align with their needs, their interests. We can address concerns and issues and hopefully cultivate a more inclusive, enjoyable, and productive learning environment. I want to thank you guys for joining me for this episode of The Balance. As always, if you have questions, comments, requests for mini episode content, you can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Catlin underscore Tucker. I am also on Instagram at Catlin Tucker. And you can find me on my website and leave a comment there at CatlinTucker.com. And just a reminder, my new book with Dr. Katie Novak is titled Shift Writing into the Classroom with UDL and Blended Learning. And it is designed to help teachers in every subject area across the curriculum move the parts of the writing process into the classroom so students can engage with each other and do this important cognitive work to kind of improve their understanding of key concepts, whether we teach math or science, history, world languages, art. So check it out. It's available anywhere you buy your books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And if you have questions about that book, please send them my way. 